we're trying to practice self-compassion and self-love. So it's not just about attaining a body that you're happy enough with. It's about that you really truly love yourself and love your body. And that's much more complicated. I struggle with all the same things that everyone else does, you know, and I still do. But for me, I do this through body functionality, finding the purpose of your body, what you can do with it and what it helps you to do. And that kind of gives you, it just gives you a bit more perspective. Hey, I'm Donna Edda, and you're listening to The Interested Podcast, the show that brings you ideas for wellness. What is beauty? How do we recognize it? In this episode, Kim Campbell, a photographer and artist, joined me to talk about how to accept and truly embody our beauty. What does self-compassion and self-love look like? What does it even mean to find the purpose of our body? How does our environment and belief system shape the way we see and how we feel about ourselves? Let's celebrate all beauty standards. As Dana Mercer says, perfection isn't the price you pay to exist in a human body. I'm super excited to share this conversation with you and I hope you enjoy it. What is beauty? Beauty is a construct, right? And beauty ideas, um, ideals are always changing. And I think it's really interesting. I'm trying to explore what are the current um, body ideals that we have right now. And I find it interesting that when we look back in the past, we can see them as kind of strange or funny or unusual, um, but we can't see that right now. So for example, um, I was just thinking back like in ancient Japan when they would shave off, women would shave off their eyebrows and then they'd repaint them really high on their forehead and make their teeth black. And that was considered beautiful. So yes. <laughs> to us, that seems absurd and you know ugly, but at the time that was an ideal of beauty. So why is it that we can't sort of see that in our modern day? Like what is it that we change and mold about our body um, to fit this ideal of beauty? Of current beauty. But surely there has to be some sort of perception that is instinctual, that is a part of the way we feel as a species. I mean, is there maybe survival instinct where we attract certain beauty to find our mate, right? To procreate and whatnot. Yeah. So, I mean, there is a the idea of symmetry. Um, and certain like specifics, like mathematical specifics of what makes us beautiful. But I think it even then is quite relative because, uh, you know, different, especially if you look at like weight, so different cultures might look at curviness or different sizes as sensual, whereas other cultures might look at it as like thin or <laughs> undernourished. Um, but it's the same thing when we look back in the past, right? Like Renaissance the Renaissance period, it was in all the paintings, you see women are very voluptuous and curvy and you see like tummy rolls and like thighs. And, um, and that was like a, it also represented wealth and status. Um, and then if you look at sort of like the nineties, when people were like stick thin and kind of like a little bit heroin addict look was like really sensual. So I really feel like there is a, a natural impulse 
um, that we have towards something that we think is beautiful or someone who we think is beautiful. And it is based on um, proportion and symmetry. But at the same time, like a lot of it is really constructed. And it's, it's very interesting to break down, like break it down. I actually want to quote one of the blogs that you wrote on how we define beauty. And I'm just going to read a passage from what you wrote, and then I want you to kind of elaborate on that. How can we see ourselves in these images if we are not even represented? Why is shame the main driving force behind marketing? Look at how beautiful and rich and slim I am. Bet you wish you could be like, just like me. What about connection, inspiration, a little bit of humanity? I love that last part. Can you elaborate what actually inspired you to write that blog post? I think it was a story from the MTR, right? Yeah. So I think um, for me is I, I always, I've always noticed this, like, why, why can't I be represented? Why can't, um, you know, why can't I be, why couldn't I be up there? Or why can't I see somebody who looks like me? And it's the same thing in in everything, in advertising, in movies and stuff, I just felt like, why am I excluded from this? Because I don't fit a specific body type or a specific look, or I have to conform that way. Like, you know, why do I have to starve myself if I want to be able to have an opportunity to be represented in that way? And um, for me, yeah, it was a very specific story. So um, I was on the MTR and people are coming and going and just lots of people and they're sort of subconsciously seeing all these things around us, but not really stopping to look at them. And I was drawn to an advertisement where there was a woman who um, was running and it was for a fitness, fitness watch. And she was so skinny and underweight that the fitness watch had actually like slipped down to her elbow. So she couldn't keep it on her arm. And it just looked, it was absurd. Like this, this lady couldn't run uh, she certainly couldn't run very far. And I think to, to the point where they had manipulated or Photoshopped her body so that it wasn't really real. Like as a photographer, I can see when people make large edits in photos and I could see that they've, you know, shaved off part of her forearm that her armpit had like completely disappeared, you know, like her shoulder blade. Um, so it just seemed weird that our new ideal of beauty was something that was completely unattainable. Like it's not just you starve yourself and you can look like her. It's you literally can never look like her because she's photoshopped and parts of her body uh, have disappeared. So I just thought I just, it's just, it literally just like struck me and I just stood there and I thought, I'm not okay with seeing this. Like, I don't feel comfortable with this. I don't feel comfortable with someone showing me this. Um, that this is what I need to look like, or this is what is healthy, or this is what I should aspire to. And especially now that I was with my daughter, I was like, I actually don't want her to see this, you know? Um, it's not that like, I can tell her, don't worry about it. That's not real. I, I don't, I don't want I find it offensive that people are, um, telling her this message and sharing this message. And that even if I continue to try and teach her the right things or the, the best way to think about her own body is she's going to be picking up on all this messaging from everywhere else. Right. And I can't avoid that. And I, I, I would really like to see that starting to change because I want her to be able to see herself up there as someone who is fit or healthy um, and something that is, is truly attainable. I really love your point of view where you, you said that it's offensive. 
Yeah. Because it can really be a case where people just need to speak up and say, this is not okay anymore. I don't want to see this. And you guys got to stop feeding us this nonsense. Yeah. Images. Well, I was telling you before that I think it was on Instagram and I had some advertisements come up and it was, you know, like sexy lady, body slimming, whatever. And I flagged it and I just said, I find this content offensive. I don't want to see it on my page. I want to report it. And I just took action. So to me, like, it's not enough that I just passively sort of, it, uh, it bothers me and I let it go. It's that I want to actually take action and tell people that this makes me uncomfortable and I don't want to, I don't want to be a part of it. When we started talking about this interview, one of the things that you said was, it's kind of really hard to frame this dialogue because it is so, complica so complicated from so many different angles, from society to perhaps our childhood experiences. Um, and then you said, and perhaps one of the things that we can do to start is with our self-awareness. And you asked a couple of questions that I find really good and I want to explore that. How do we see our own bodies? How do we see other bodies? And what kind of judgment, criticism and stereotype exists there? So I really love how you placed the responsibility on ourselves and how we see ourselves and others. And it's not just us anymore. Mm, yeah. I just feel that um, it's such a complicated web <laughs> and there's so many layers and a lot of it is so subconscious. We often don't even know that we do it or think it. Um, and when I ask the question, well, where does change start? It's, is it with a photographer who chooses the people to represent? Is it with a, a company or a brand or organization who's hiring the photographer and, and wants to show their values in their brand? Is it with the consumer or just individuals not taking, not standing up for it, you know, um, not standing for it? Uh, and the answer is it actually starts everywhere. It has to start with everyone. So the only thing that we can do is to start with looking inside ourselves. And I think the biggest step towards making change is to start with awareness. So instead of just being aware of what's happening around us, why, are, why don't we start with being aware of ourselves and our own body and how we look at our own body and how we appreciate our own body. Um, and often they're connected. The way that you look at other people and their bodies and criticize their bodies is the same that you do for yourself, right? So- um, Yeah, it's just a mirror. It is, right? And for me, I was, when I was younger, like from teenager onwards in my 20s, I was very, very, very critical of my body. Um, I felt that I was never slim enough. I felt that my legs were always too big and they didn't fit the sort of standard look of the celebrity or model or whatever. Um, I felt that my ears stick out. I just felt like a lot of faults with myself. And I, I needed to always look and be perfect. And I find that I was also critical of other people in the same way. And now that I think that's kind of shifted for me and I am way more self-compassionate and I am way more forgiving and um, way more celebratory, I feel like I'm, I'm capable of now doing that with other people too. And it's, it's sort of, um, it's not just forgiving, like I forgive you for, you know, like, having a bit of extra weight or something. It's sort of like I can celebrate someone else for looking different and being different and being unique. And I think being a photographer helps 
in that way too, because I love to explore how people can look differently and be different. I don't want, I don't want conformity actually. It's not what I'm looking for. I want to go back a little bit to the way you saw yourself as a teens or early twenties. What do you think shaped that belief? Um, I, I just think it was something that I picked up on from society. I think my examples, um, of other women are often a very self-critical. So I don't have a lot of examples of women in my life who really celebrate their bodies. So like, I, I wouldn't say that my, my mom was a big influencer. She certainly wasn't critical of me and she was maybe a little bit critical of herself after having three children, you know, like that my body's just not the same, but not in a, a not in a very negative way. But I never had any role models in my life who could just celebrate strong legs or being really healthy or running really fast or um, just the just what your body can do and your abilities and your capabilities. I just don't have any examples of that until actually very recently. Looking back, what would have changed that perception? Um, I can't know for sure, you know, like, especially being a teenager is a really self-conscious yeah. time, especially for girls. Right. And your body is changing. And but like to just have a woman that loves the way she looks. Right. Imagine if you just had someone in your life who just really was like, I don't care. I don't care what they think. I love myself. I love this, these parts of my body that normally society tells us are not attractive or appealing. Like what about a woman who just loves her tummy rolls? Yes. Right. Have you yes. met anybody? No, I've never met anybody. No. I still haven't, right? So I would love to be the person who loves my tummy rolls unconditionally. I don't know if I'm going to get there. That's my goal because that's something that I would love to show my daughter that, you know, this is part of me. That's how I feel. I wish I grew up with all different kind of beauties being represented and that people really believed in it and that they really loved the way they are. But it's exactly what you're saying. If they did not look a certain way, they will self-sabotage. And that was sending a message to myself as and well. And I think we're also, we hear the same dialogue. We hear the same messaging. So it's like, oh, I wish I could be a bit slimmer. And I wish I could, um, you know, my thighs, my thighs are too big. And we have the exact same messaging all the time. And it really sinks in, you know, like, and other things that may, maybe are not so specific, but things like, oh, well, I'm on a grapefruit diet and I'm only eating between 12 and 6 p.m. And I'm only, it just, the messaging is we need to be losing weight. We need to be looking slimmer. We need to sacrifice um, and, and it just feels really wrong. Like, that's not something I want to tell my daughter. I want to tell her you should be balanced. You should be healthy. You should take care of your body. You should feel good about yourself. Right. So I really feel like we need to change the messaging as well. Actually, something that you told me last time that really struck with me was you showed me a photo of a model, right? And so she was posing in one and she looked beautiful. And in another photo, same day, same outfit and everything, or her cellulite was showing. Yeah, I love that story. Right? But the funny thing was, growing up, I didn't even know what cellulite was. I never looked for it. And still, till now, I don't look for cellulite because that is actually not in my vocabulary. Yeah. And I just wish 
that this kind of neg- negative self-talk is not even in our vocabulary then we yeah. don't look for yeah. our flaws you never even seen it and to be honest like until that photo and it, until that photo i don't think i've actually seen cellulite in a photo as well right and mm-hmm. there it's only very recent in the past few years and especially because i'm trying to really surround myself with role models now yeah. and i'm starting to see people who show their tummy fat, um, brands that show stretch marks and what people would call imperfections, just parts of our body. Um, and I'm trying to surround myself with that imaging so that I can normalize it for myself and not be so shocked by it. But when I saw that photo, I was really shocked, actually. And the story is quite it's beautiful. Like, no way. Yeah. Right? And, and but like, why is that so brave that you just show your body like she's showing her body in a bikini anyway but it's just that this angle shows a something that we consider like a defect and so it's incredibly shocking and brave for her to do but why do we think that it's so it's so bizarre yes so i really like the story from that um photograph and she was saying i think I, i think she might be a model um but she was saying that for years and years and years she tried to make to get herself slimmer and slimmer and different diets and different exercise and trying to get rid of her cellulite. And then at some point she realized that this is just part of me. It's nothing to do with being slim or not slim or beautiful. It's just part of my body. And the only thing that's going to make it go away is just my my self-perception that it's not a negative thing. Right. And so she took this photo where she's sitting and you can just see all the cellulite on her thighs and, and she's happy and she's smiling. And to be honest, it's a stunning photo. From the body image now, I want to go to explore the difference between the what is body image and positive embodiment. Yeah, so I think it's also important that um, we're trying to practice self-compassion and self-love. So it's not just about attaining a body that you're happy with um, or you're happy enough with. It's about that you really truly love yourself and love your body. And that's much more complicated, right? Um, and for me, like I, I, I struggle with all the same things that everyone else does, you know, and I still do. But for me, I do this through kind of body functionality or what is that? So finding the purpose of your body and what it's, what you can do with it and what it helps you to do. And that kind of gives you, um, it just gives you a bit more perspective. So for me, I think this really happened um, after I had my daughter and I felt like, you know, I, I grew a baby in my, right? Like in my stomach stretched and the skin stretched. And um, I just feel way, like I understand the purpose of what my body was doing. And now I can sort of not just forgive, but be compassionate about like, this is the results of what I, I did with my body. Yeah, but then what about all those women who bounce back and and it's just not fair, you know, you know those <laughs> dialogues that women have. True, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's whatever, it w- is whatever that makes you feel happy. And if you, some people do just bounce back, right? Some people have incredible bodies and they don't have much change after childbirth and some people have a lot. And it's sort of like, finding the balance between what you are personally happy with. How do we know what we're comfortable with? We have to do that by first exploring ourselves, right? So on top of body functionality, for me, I personally love to connect 
my body and my bo- the function of my body with nature. So for some reason, when I connect to nature, I feel like I, I understand way more purpose of my body and what it, where it belongs and how it works. So for example, I had a photograph um, of me. This is actually before having a baby, so I'm much slimmer, but is a picture of me in Japan and I'm standing in a forest. And the first thing I thought when I looked at this photo is my legs look really big. I don't like this angle. I just, it looks unattractive. And then my second thought was, but they look kind of like the forest behind me, you know, they look strong and straight and they carry me. And when I looked at it that way, I just felt, I don't know, I felt so much more self-compassion and really like proud of myself and proud of my body. I mean, how is it that like we have one body and it carries us through this world, right? And it's, it's, it's so incredible. And we spend so much time beating ourselves up, right? I mean, like it gives us life. It allows us to do all these things. And yet we, we just totally take it for granted and spend all this time wanting it to look a different way or a certain way, or it seems bizarre. I love your reflection that your first reaction was a negative one and it's okay. This is the thing. It is okay to criticize and have that thought. But if you follow it up with something that is more compassionate and something that perhaps is more healing, then we are definitely on the road to, you know, accept ourselves. Yeah. And I really, truly think that it it starts with this awareness. But if we change our pattern of thinking, I really, I really, truly think that we can have a, see a huge shift in the way that we see ourselves and our bodies and other people's bodies. I mean, I know this because I've done it myself. And can I you can share some experiences or share your journey with us. For me, a lot of it, I, I expected after having a baby, having a baby that I was going to be really critical of my body. And I kind of gave myself room, like, look, you're going to be upset and it's going to bother you but give yourself time and um, try to be as compassionate as you can. Um, But I I really flagged it as something that was gonna bother me a lot. And to be honest, I gained 45 pounds when I was pregnant. So I gained a lot of weight. And to be honest, like I, I didn't keep a lot of the weight, but there are parts of your body that change. And I don't think they ever go back for a lot of people, you know? And, um, I've never, I think after sort of accepting that this is what I needed to do in order to have a child, um, it just made me way more forgiving of myself. And so when I look in the mirror and I see something that isn't the way that it used to be or isn't exactly how I want it to be, I can be like, well, good for you though. Like look at everything that you've been through and look at the story that you have and look at the story that your body tells you. And then I could really, truly from doing that, sometimes I feel like I can really love myself um, and be proud of myself. Oh, that's wonderful. I think I want to explore also this idea of our own love language to ourselves and self-care rituals. Um, Some things that I like doing is for example, putting on a face mask is so simple, but it feels so spoiling or, or waking up and I do this like hip rotation thing just to feel that feminine energy and feeling alive. And it's so simple and it's got nothing to do with the end result, whether I'm going to be a certain shape, a certain size, 
whatever, but just shifting my approach to how to elevate my energy, right? I mean, can you share something that you do for yourself that's like a self-care ritual? Um, well, I try to, now I try to have a really uh, time for myself in the morning. I think it's really important that I kind of have a little bit of time to wake up and um, just start my day positive, like not be inundated. So I don't, I try not to look at my phone. I try not to look at social media. If I can, I'll try to do a little bit of meditation to get in the right positive mindset for the day. Um, and I really prioritize just taking care of myself. And, and for me, I really prioritize taking care of my mental health as well, um, that I don't feel overly stressed, especially in the morning when I wake up um, before I can, you know, I need to be in the right frame of mind before I can take on the day. Um, I don't have any specific beauty rituals, but to me, I do, I like to do things that make my body feel good. So I, of course I love like any kind of exercise or getting out, even if it's a super hot, sunny Hong Kong summer day, just getting out for a good walk, um, swimming in the ocean, finding that connection, I guess, again, coming back to the nature, like finding that connection to the earth and to nature and to the environment makes me feel very um, alive. And also just like really, my body is really in its element. And so when I feel that way, it, it's like physical, like I feel this physical strength and energy and like positivity about my body. And so it's, then it's really hard to be critical of myself. Cause I'm like, I feel amazing. Yes. You know, like how you don't have any room to be critical. You don't need a reflection to yeah. tell you that. You just feel good and you know, you feel good. And so, you know, eating good food or healthy food, um, anything that makes my body feel good helps with my mental, um, the way I mentally see my own, my own body. Actually, well. I want to lead to our, um, the exercise that we did. So before the interview, we mentioned that we want to explore a small, simple thing that hopefully our audience can also try to, to find that self-love dialogue, right? And so we agreed to just in the privacy of your own home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No one can yes. see, no one can see. Take a photo of yourself naked and, and then just look at it, right? And there were three things that we said. One was, I am so proud of you for looking at that body, right? I'm so proud of you for giving birth. I'm so proud of you for walking up that mountain. And then the second thing was, I forgive you for. So I forgive you for being so self-critical all these years. I forgive you for taking so long to finally love yourself. And the third one is, I commit to, mm. right? Being more kind to myself. So can you share your insight from yeah, this exercise? Yeah, so this was really fun. Um, and it was a good reminder when you told me, you know, I can't just preach this, is I also have to practice it. So I really enjoyed this exercise. And I, I also realized as a photographer, it's very easy to ask other people to do this because I'm hiding behind the camera. But in order to ask this from other people, it's something that I have to do as well. So um, when we took our first photo, I was kind of all ready to be a positive mindset and I'm going to be, you know, really loving and compassionate. And I looked at the photo. I just took a very simple straight on photo. So I wasn't trying to pose or hide anything, just be myself. And I was 
honestly very disappointed. I just thought, oh, I just don't like the way that I look and I don't like my legs and my face looks really round. And I was, there was so much criticism and I don't know where it came from because I was all ready to be positive, you know? Um, and so I just took a moment and I said, okay, where, where is this coming from? Like, where is this chatter coming from? And, uh, you know, it's just that I feel like I am, com I have a standard that exists that I'm comparing myself to. And I think that most women nowadays have the same kind of standard that we all compare ourselves to. And so when we don't match that standard, we immediately criticize ourselves. And so then I said, okay, well, let's put away that standard because that's another person who's beautiful, but not me. And I'm just going to look at myself for who I am. And then I did the steps, which is, um, you know, I'm proud of you for. And the first thing I thought of is that I'm, I'm proud of you for um, still finding time to take care of your body through healthy eating and exercise, even though you don't have as much time. You know, I don't have as much time as I used to before having a kid. And now um, I'm proud of myself that I still make it a priority, even though I don't have a lot of time to do it. So whatever I have enough time to do, I'm proud of myself for making that effort. So you true, know? just cutting yourself some slack. Yeah, I just, I can't do the same. I can't run as long as I used to. I don't have as much time. I don't have as much energy, but, um, the fact that I still try to take care of myself, I'm, I'm very proud about. And then the other part is I commit to, and, um, I commit to allowing myself to still feel these things. I still feel a lot of self-criticism. I still feel a lot of body shame, but, um, I, I'm allowed to feel that because it's a process that I have to work through. And so I commit to still working on that process, but also allowing myself to make mistakes or still feel the same way that I felt for a long time because it's normal. I'm not going to change overnight. And I think it's very, going back to the love language, I think it's very important that we are very, very intentional about the language that we use. And I think one way to catch ourselves doing this is, Think about talking to yourself the way that you would another person. So think about someone that you love, um, a family member or your child, and how would you talk to them about their bodies? You would never use the kind of language that you use. For, well, I certainly hope not, but I, I assume you would never use the kind of language um, on them that you do on yourself, right? So treat ourselves like that inner child. And what kind of language would you use for them? What kind of compassionate language? It's so true. It's actually funny because when I did my exercise and I knew that you were doing it too, that the fact that we have our insecurities and during the exercise, I knew that you were at home facing your own and that gave me per permission to accept mine. Yeah. And that was really powerful because we're all in this together. It's not a competition. You know, we're here to support each other, to accept and embrace each other. And I found that really comforting. Yeah. And I think um, it's something that we're going to have to start doing collectively, right? Because if some people are still only showing this one side of them as perfect, um, it's very hard to combat that 
with yourself. You know, I'm very susceptible to comparison and comparison on social media and things like that. And that's why I try to very consciously start to change who I'm looking at and what I'm looking at and celebrate people or brands or photographers that really um, share their values, you know, around so body image. This leads me to the next question. As a photographer, you guys have the power and responsibility to shape the way we see ourselves. So, you know, can you explain what you're going to do with your work? Yeah. So, I mean, for a long time, I thought, oh, well, it's not me. You know, it's that I need more, more models who are confident or I need brands who are going to be on board. It's nothing to do with me, you know, but actually it's, that's totally not true. Is it this, I have a lot of responsibility and I'm, I'm the one who selects the person that I'm going to photograph. And, uh, it's my responsibility to show, um, body diversity and different representation. And I do have a lot of power, right? A lot of people do look at my images and, and recently as I've been showing a bit more, um, around and writing a little bit more about, uh, body acceptance and positivity, I've been getting lots and lots of messages in my inbox saying, thank you for this. Like, this is really, yeah, this is really meaningful to me. And, um, and I just want you to know that, but I just feel like we should be having this conversation publicly. Um, not just through my, inbox, right? It's something that we should be doing um, with everyone. Totally. Can you discuss your process in capturing your client's beauty? Because everyone is critical, self-critical. And so how do you deal with people who perhaps want to be photoshopped or who are just so uncomfortable to be in front of the lens? Yeah, so um, I'm really lucky in that I'm a lifestyle photographer and my brand really promotes um, authenticity and being yourself and being natural and a natural style of photograph. So I think that um, that's the sort of the best area for me to be in anyway, but I think it's normal that people get behind the camera and they feel very self-conscious and they're worried about the outcome and they have things about their body that they're very, very um, sensitive to, you know, and I can tell right away when we start a photo shoot and somebody tells me, I really don't like my chin and I really, you know, they have, I really don't like my eyes in this way. And um, I can tell already that they're anticipating that they're going to be very critical of themselves. And it's a fine line for me when I'm editing is, Um, You know, I do for post-production, I do a lot of editing in terms of lighting and color, but I try to really minimize the editing of people. So I might do blurring um, and I might change the lighting, but I don't, I certainly don't liposuction anybody. No, I don't do any (laughs) actual changes to people's bodies or things like scars or, but you know, if you have a cold sore, then that can go. That's fine. Um... But it's a really fine line when I'm editing because I have to choose the photos and uh, edit the photos. And I am always kind of thinking like, well, what is this person going to feel about this? Um, Would they want me to change them a little bit more? Are they happy with the way they're going to look? And sometimes I get a photo that's like a really beautiful moment, but it might not be the most attractive pose or, you know, somebody's laughing really hard or it's a kind of funny angle. Yeah. Right. Um, but I just, I really want to include it because it's such a, 
a special moment with the family. And so I usually do. And the amazing thing is when people um, can, they can click the photos that they like. And when they do, usually those photos are always the ones that are selected. Mm -hmm. So it shows me that people really do value themselves and like special moments more than just looking picture perfect. Can you share some insights on how people can hopefully get the best photo out of a photo shoot with a photographer, like to, to really get them their real self captured? Yeah. So to be honest is you just really have to be yourself. And I try to tell this to people as much as possible, like just come happy, relaxed, just be who you are, because that's when I'm going to get the best photos. If you're trying to control a lot of what's going on, or you're too concerned about what you're wearing or how it looks or um, how your child is behaving, then I'm going to get this tense side of you. And that's, that's not what I'm looking for to show genuine joy and who you are genuinely, you know? So how has your motivation and perception in your work changed in the past five years? Because you've obviously have gone through a lot of growth and changes. Yeah, well, I mean, I started off working in some large photo studios that did kind of fashion and commercial work. And so I felt for a long time, my work needs to look like this. You know, I need to get this kind of model and this kind of stylist, and I need to take this kind of photo um, in order to build my portfolio. And as as time has gone on, I feel like, but I don't want to do those things. Those things are not me. They don't represent my values. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see something very different. And it's it's really scary because I feel like, well, what if I make something different and then nobody likes it and nobody hires me or they're upset with their work because that isn't what they're looking for? Um, and what if I get pushback that's saying, well, our target market, our, our target market isn't looking for this or... Um, this isn't going to sell or, you know, they have all these, there are always going to be 101 reasons why you can't change. Right. Um, But now what I I feel like very strongly is that every image that I create really has to represent my values. So I want to be a hundred percent behind the photos that I take and what I'm showing and who I'm showing. Um, And I, I, believe that if I can share these kinds of images with people um, and from what I've experienced so far is that I really do get a lot of very positive feedback. What are those feedback? Um, Just that like, wow, I'm finally seeing myself or this is the kind of message that I've been saying to myself for a long time, but not hearing. And I'm finally hearing you say it out loud, you know? Um, And I truly think that if people start to see it more, that they really are going to get on board. And, and actually it's already happening a lot. Like this, this sort of, um, change is already happening in lots of countries and like in the U S or North America. Um, we're seeing a lot of even brands take this on that want to promote body positivity and, uh, body diversity. Um, you know, large brands or like Vogue magazine or, um, yeah, I don't want to mention too many brands yeah. <laughs> because, you know, like I don't want to take a side of any specific brand or anything, but I feel like the change is coming and the time is right. And so all we have to do is actually just get on board. <laughs> we don't even have to do that much. And as a photographer, I, I feel like it really is my responsibility. I really, 
I really agree with you that the change is coming. We just need to keep the conversations going, keep them open and and not be actually not even shame others, right? That have yes. different point of views yep. as well. And not shame and not shame what we currently have either, because the current stand of beauty is not wrong either. Those people who are models or celebrities, they're not wrong. Um they're like, what I don't want to do is create a different, just another different standard of beauty that we shift to. Like, well, now curvy, you know, more curvy is attractive. What I'm trying to say is that like, we are all actually beautiful and we are all attractive. And we all have very unique and individual qualities that we should celebrate. Mm -hmm. So what I want to do is kind of finally, once and for all, like break the standard of beauty that we don't have a standard right? There is nothing to compare to. There's only yourself. And if anything, we should just value and admire the people who are best able to do that and best able to be good role models for us and for our children. Yes, absolutely. Let's, let's shine the light on these role models and, yeah. and really sh share the word. Um, I also want to talk about the legacy of the idea of self-love and acceptance. Because what is this fear costing us when we cannot love and accept ourselves, right? Yeah. So we talk about, say, the beach body. People are so embarrassed of their bodies and so they don't want to go to the beach, don't want to go get into the swimmers or have photos with their kids, right? Or just spend so much time fixating and prepping for bikini season. Yes. <laughs> what is this fear costing us? Yeah. So much time, so much energy that we could be doing so much more interesting things instead. Yeah. And not even just the loss for us. It's like, what is it costing maybe our our kids when they see us or hear us or use this kind of language or have this kind of fixation, what is it costing them? Mm. Can you share a story about the paddle pool? Yeah, the photo? Yeah. 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 So, um, so for me, I never, I never let people take photos of me in a bikini because I just don't like it and I feel uncomfortable and I criticize myself. Um, and I, I noticed that when I take photos of other families, um, or maybe if I take, yeah. So if I'm doing a family session or something, uh, sometimes people will not like a moment because they don't like the way that they look in the photo. And I just think that's such a wasted, um, it's kind of a wasted opportunity. Like this is such a precious memory, but you're so busy, you know, criticizing yourself or focusing on yourself and the way that you look that you're missing this memory or this moment. Um, and the same thing with a wedding, you know, sometimes people say, oh, well, I just didn't look great in this dress. And I want, I really want to change this about myself. And it's like, you're missing your wedding. <laughs> like it was such a special moment. Like, just let that yeah. go, you know, let mm. it go. Um, so as my commitment to myself, uh, I feel like I need to take more photos of myself in a bikini. And so I did, as part of the project that we were doing, I did ask my husband to take a photo of me in my bikini, just playing with my daughter in a paddle pool. And I was so, you know, opposite to the first photo, I was so primed and ready to be critical. And I was like, I'm going to be negative, but it's okay. You just practice self-compassion, self-compassion, self-compassion. And I saw the photo and I loved it. I loved wow. it. I just thought I look fit. I look healthy. I look happy. I'm playing with my daughter. Um, I mean, I can't ask for more. What do you, you know? think changed from the first photo to the last one? I, I just think that I was 
I was already in the right mindset to be accepting of myself mm-hmm. and to be accepting of any self-criticism. And I think I was just in the right frame of mind to accept that I'm looking for a special moment and I'm not looking to criticize myself. I'm not looking to just fixate on my body. And I think maybe it was the mindset that really helped me change. Wonderful. So now I want to close it with some call to action suggestions. Um, Can you share some things that you think our audience can take away and implement them easily? Based on the the project that we did, I feel like the first thing is to just be aware just be aware of your the language that you use towards yourself and towards others. Yeah. I remember when we were talking about it at the coffee shop, we said we need to call people out. Yeah. This one is a big one. It is not okay to see someone and say, hey, you look fill in the blank, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a negative comment. Yeah. So the second thing I'd say is that we need to speak up. And we need to speak up when other people are being critical of other people's bodies. Um, but we also need to speak up when other people are being critical of themselves. What's a nice way to do it? Because I can come across well, a bit harsh. So we <laughs> talked about this, actually. And it's, you know, it can be very confrontational. But why can't we do this with a bit of humor? Why can't we make it a bit funny or a bit lighthearted? You know, it doesn't have to be aggressive or uh, confrontational so in that way or so serious. Right. We can do it. Um, and be funny and laugh, right? Like, it's great. Laugh about tummy rolls. Let's laugh about them. Yes, yes, (laughs) definitely. (laughs) And then the last thing I think is, um, yeah, really practicing self-compassion. So we need to change the internal uh, dialogue of self-criticism that we have and Mm -hmm. really be intentional about the language that we use and how we're using it and, um, and find what works for you. So what works for me is, sort of body functionality and how my body works and the purpose of my body, but also like my connection to nature. So as soon as I feel like I'm in the ocean, I don't care how my body looks because I'm weightless, I'm strong, I'm a really good swimmer. I just feel like I belong here and I'm, I feel like I'm perfect, you know? So for me, if I'm feeling that kind of negativity, then then that's the place that I'll go either in my mind or even physically go so that I can, I can feel that empowerment again in myself. Oh, totally. When we're in the ocean, we are perfect. Yeah. Right. right? <laughs> yes. Look at all the different size fish. There's no gravity <laughs> or anything, right? It's perfect. <laughs> oh, wow. Kim, this has been absolutely amazing. I'm going to wrap up this interview with some rapid questions. What is the book that you have gifted the most or left the strongest impression on you? Uh, I'd probably say um, Notes on a Nervous Planet by Matt Haig. It's something that I, I love and I've gifted often or asked people to read. It's a book about living with anxiety and panic disorders. And um, I feel it's really important to be more open about mental health and talking about mental health. Oh, definitely. It's a really important topic. Um, what are your open tabs in your browser right now? So this is a really funny question because I'm pretty, I'm actually pretty OCD and like really organized. And so I don't keep open tabs on my browser, not one. No, I open one that I'm using and then I have to close them right away. Yeah. It's so bizarre. It's, (laughs) it's very bizarre. So I can't answer that question because I don't know. (laughs) What is the best lesson that your mom or your dad taught you? Um, to always find things that make me happy. Um, I think now that I'm older, I realize the value, just how valuable that is to teach a child. And um, also that kindness is not weakness. Mm. 
What advice would you give to your 30-year-old self? I would say go easy on yourself. You have so much to offer and you don't have to be in a hurry. Oh, beautiful. And in closing, what would you like to share with our audience that we can do collectively to create a space that promotes body positivity and body diversity? I think this, this has to start with yourself. So being really honest with yourself about what it is you feel about your own body and the way it fits in the world and your um, perception of beauty. And then look a little further. So how do you look at others? And how do you appreciate or criticize others? Um, and then think about how you want to start making change. Like, what is it that you want to see? What, who do you want to see in that big advertisement in the MTR when you walk by? Wow. That's a nice visualization. Definitely nothing out there right now. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, Kim, this has been absolutely amazing. Where can people find you? Uh, so I'm at uh, Um If you want to see my uh, social media, I'm on Lemon Tea Hong Kong. Um, and you can follow me there. Oh, brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you. I invite you to be an advocate to promote body positivity and body diversity. As Kim said, the change starts with ourselves. I would love to hear from you. Leave a comment on my Interested Podcast Facebook page or YouTube channel. For show notes, visit my website, www.interested.blog. You can subscribe to my podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts or Spotify. And if you enjoy this episode, share it with a friend.